Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm here in my closet recording not as far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. What are we doing on the show this week? Today, we're going to kick things off with Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous, worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into our collective morning of summer. Because even though it feels like time has been suspended since March and we didn't really have a summer, apparently Mother Earth is like, sorry, bitch, we're still moving along to fall. And then we've got comedian and actor Esther Pavitsky on the pod. Esther created and starred in her own show, Alone Together. She played Maya on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Izzy on Dollface, and she's got a comedy special that's out right now on Comedy Central called Hot For My Name. She and Barry are also from the same area of the Chicago Burbs, so we talk about that (laughs) and so much more. But before we get into all that, Barry, how is your quarantine going this week? Oh, well, you know what? Usually when Putty sleeps in the bed on bath night, he'll like start snuggling and then go by our feet. But last night he stayed in the little spoon position the entire night. And uh, that's probably going to be like the happiest I'll be in 2020. So how about you? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) The bar is low. It's so low. (laughs) Yeah, nothing exciting. I mean, I, I like finally am all moved in. Yeah, all of my boxes are unpacked. I have wow. my little office and studio set up. My oven still hasn't exploded. I'll take all of these as wins. Oh, look at that. Look, we're starting this week so high. <laughs> How great. How great are we? <laughs> Everything is so peachy. It's almost like the world isn't literally on fire. Yay. Anyway, so let's get into today's episode. Let's do it. Let's start the show all right worst things first let's talk about the worst news of the week first chuck e cheese 
run by the illustrious rock star slash entrepreneur Charles Entertainment Cheese, obviously. Uh, I don't think we give him enough credit for being both an entrepreneur, a restaurateur, and a rock star ahead of his own band. Multi-hyphenate. Yeah. This is a business man, okay? <laughs> it's actually bad news for Mr. Cheese because, as we remember, Chuck E. Cheese filed for bankruptcy earlier this year, and now they're seeking to destroy more than 7 billion prize tickets that have piled up in its supply chain because of the pandemic. <laughs> 7 <laughs> billion tickets. I feel like that still would like only get you a pencil. Right. That's still tier one prizes. <laughs> <laughs> You're still in the glass case at the bottom. You, you don't even get to look at the prizes on the wall yet. That you're going to need at least a trillion tickets for. <laughs> I remember my mind got blown when they, there was like one summer when they transitioned from counting your tickets individually to weighing them in bulk. What? Do you remember that? No, I didn't go to Chuck E. Cheese that often. Okay, well, I was trash and we went to <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. Initially, when you, or you'd get your tickets and you'd walk up to the counter like a, like a G. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. um, and you walk up and you hand it to the ticket barista. And the, the, they count the tickets and they used to just count them by hand. And then at some point, the technology advanced and they just they would put it into like a bucket and then just weigh it. Wow. Which I suppose makes sense because presumably they know the weight of each ticket and they could easily calculate that. Not if you're me. But it's like, OK, this is not how it should work. You're taking out all of the fun of me standing here and watching you do math <laughs> while I decide whether I want the, the clear bouncy ball that has a little dinosaur in it Ooh. or one of the sticky hands that only lasts like 12 hours before it gets pubes and dirt all in it right you gotta go long term you gotta go with the ball i'll get pubes on that too <laughs> fair because those were also suspiciously sticky for some reason everything <laughs> everything from Chuck E. cheese is suspiciously <laughs> sticky um, anyway, yeah, the company uh, company officials have apparently negotiated with vendors to shred the unused tickets for a price of two point twenty eight million dollars. What? I don't even understand how. How does it cost that much money to shred tickets? I don't know. There's like the shredding industry is like a whole thing. It's it's a thing that I, I barely know anything about, but I know it's there. And I know that there's a truck that comes by once a week outside of my apartment that is like for shredding stuff. And it seems very intense. And I'm like, why can't you just like use scissors? I don't know. What did they do with the tickets before? Did they not shred them anyway? I mean, they were probably like soggy from children's saliva at that point. They just like disintegrate. <laughs> I Yeah, that sounds about right. But it is. So it cost them two and a quarter million dollars to uh, shred these seven billion prize tickets, which is about one million dollars less than the cost of the prizes that they would have spent had those tickets been cashed in. Basically, if those seven billion tickets had been in circulation in the Chuck E. Cheese economy, mm -hmm. Chuck E. Cheese would have had to pay about $3.2 million in prizes, wow. in, in like stuffed animals and rubber balls. Wow. But now they can't. Next! Wildlife officials in New Mexico are stumped after hundreds of thousands of migratory birds have started to drop dead from the sky. 
No. Just not a great sign. I there's are so many apocalyptic things happening that like the most frightening ones are are barely scratching the surface. I feel like this happens pretty often though. I did notice a lot of like dead baby birds on the sidewalk this year, but I realize it's just because I'm in a neighborhood with more trees than I was before. Is that relatable? <laughs> 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 I I truly don't know how to respond to that. It's um, been upsetting. So this one hits hard. I feel like I've 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 been outside a fair amount um just in my life and I don't think I see that many dead birds. So it might well, be Well, I you. walk a dog, so I'm like constantly looking at the ground because I'm looking at, to make sure that he's not gonna like eat anything. And then I've just like noticed all these like dead baby birds. Not now, it was like earlier in the spring. Fair. But- Anyway, it's fine. So let's talk about more dead birds. What What's happening The point here? is, there's a lot of dead birds, too many dead birds. And according to a professor at New Mexico State University's Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Conservation Ecology, <laughs> yeah, d- not to brag, but um, I said that all perfectly. <laughs> you really did. It was impressive. <laughs> um, she speculated that the death toll could be in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions. And they don't know why. I mean, probably because half of the United States is literally on fire. Yep, 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 yep. This uh, professor was like, yeah, it's probably because the wildfires are causing a drought. And it's also been like unseasonably cold in certain parts of New Mexico, which is like also global warming. Okay. That's my favorite 45-ism. It's like, well, it's cold, so... What does that mean about global warming? Yeah, that's literally like third grade science that some dumbass, the one kid who like got a pencil eraser stuck up his nose and had to be (laughs) taken to the nurse so that she can tell him to like hold one nostril and blow. That is the type of logic that that child was using. And that's what the president is saying. Well, it can't be global warming if it's cold outside. Shut the fuck up. Okay. You're a grown ass man. How this is like a Snapple fact. Okay. This is what we, we need to be slapping these, this like science information on the back of like McDonald's wrappers. <laughs> so this motherfucker will learn <laughs> what the truth is. Amen. Anyway, shout out to all these dead birds. Oh, yeah. They are asking um, to report any dead bird sightings in your area using their online database and to collect dead birds when possible so that researchers can study them more closely. So new quarantine hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Remember Pokemon Go? That's basically Pokemon Go. It's basically Pokemon Go. Next, birds aren't the only things falling from the sky in New Mexico because strong winds along Route 66 in Albuquerque sent a porta potty flying down a busy intersection. Yeah, this was in the AP. (laughs) (laughs) There's actually not enough news, so I'm glad that the AP covered this. What else is happening in the world right now? Nothing Mm -hmm. except flying porta potties. Mm Was it full? I assume I assume all porta potties are full of a little shit. Oh, do they get cleaned? Yeah. Or is it just like I is this this one's full? Better throw it away. No, they get cleaned. 
a truck comes by and sucks all the shit in them. That shit goes into the truck. I don't know what happens after that. But I feel sick even talking about porta potties. I don't. I even... know the camp. The camp that I went to growing up, there was like a couple of units that I was in that you sleep in like these big army tents, and then you use the porta potty all summer. And then the metro man is what we called him, and he'd come driving down to our unit and suck all the poop into his truck and we'd sing metro metro man uh and the smell was absolutely intoxic or not intoxicating (laughs) absolutely disgusting so you know i don't even like nothing makes me angrier than someone who has an event and they're like yeah but we got the fancy porta potties shut the fuck up okay (laughs) there's no such thing you just because just because you put a, a vase with flowers in the corner and then blasted the shit with Febreze doesn't mean that I'm not standing in a box of shit. <laughs> yeah, this porta potty was flying down the famous Route 66, which is like a bunch of songs have been written about it. That's like what the pioneers used to venture west. So frankly, I think this porta potty was just trying to follow its dreams. Yeah, or participate in manifest destiny (laughs) and finally the auction house christie's announced that it would be selling stan one of the world's largest t-rex skeletons this year and the only reason i include well okay there's a few facts about this that fuck me up one the skeleton it's 67 million years old what that's so, so many years. It's a lot of years and I don't like thinking about it. <laughs> I kind of like it because I'm just like, yes, bring it on. Let this be over, you know? But they I'm s- fine. I'm healthy. <laughs> I'm in a good place. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, there was some tweet from from like a dad who said his little daughter asked him like why they couldn't see the sun in California. And he was like, well, because there's the fire that's blocking out the sun right now. And she was like, isn't this how the dinosaurs died? Which <laughs> 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 is super fun and super cool. <laughs> oh, I love that. We're all just a little blip on this little earth, you know, and um, Jeremy bear me all that jazz and then the other fact that fucked me up is that apparently this t-rex measures 40 feet long and 13 feet high which doesn't seem big enough to me i mean like 13 feet high that's only two of me oh this thing measures like two mats by like five and a half mats six and a half okay it's big for like a lizard (laughs) but for a dinosaur i'm just like no i've seen the documentaries I've seen Jurassic Park and that T-Rex was bigger. Anyway, the auction, um, the auction house said that it it is worth at least eight million dollars, which also doesn't seem like enough. Oh my god! Don't they sell like something that Banksy like wiped his ass with, and it sells for like seventy million dollars? <laughs> and this is a sixty-seven million-year-old fossil of a T-Rex, and it's only worth eight million dollars. What is, I don't understand money. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) I'm so confused about these valuations. I don't get it. Some TikTok star could probably buy this (laughs) T-Rex and just have a T-Rex. That's that's the world we're living in. I'm just saying, I think T-Rexes should be expensive enough that a TikTok star couldn't afford it. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. I don't think so either. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're saying goodbye to summer.
deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Well, this week officially marks the beginning of fall, which normally I'd be ecstatic about. You know, just guzzling some chai lattes in, in, a, in a chunky Chris Evans sweater with a Lenny Kravitz-sized accent scarf wrapped around my neck, just carving my apples and bobbing for pumpkins, just all of it. But this year, I'm clutching onto summer, like Karen Pence clutching her pearls when she sees that Mike Pence is having a meeting with one other woman, because that is not allowed. She does not like that. She has to shut that down real fast. No, no, mother. No, no. But I don't want to say goodbye to summer, mostly because it feels like yesterday was February and summer didn't even happen, but also... Because I don't know if I'm strong enough for the days to get shorter and darker, okay? Seasonal affective disorder is about to beat my firm, juicy ass. And I'll, I like a little spanking, but but nothing like what Mr. Wintertime Depression is about to serve me. I don't think I'm ready. Mm-mm. So today's deep dive is a hate letter to the summer we lost and all the things that could have been. First, everybody knows I am queen of showing off my thighs. And guess what? I didn't get to show my thighs publicly nearly enough this summer. And now On it's Instagram, fall. Yes. <laughs> well, I've been forced. Out in the world? No. Yeah. And now it's fall and the temperature is dropping and I have to put these babies in storage? I don't think so. I mean, Matt, you could be like one of those cool Chicago kids who just like for some reason wear shorts all winter. Okay, what? Basketball shorts and yep. in and white socks with a little Absolutely. yellow ring around the top from how much Every Midwestern high school has one. <laughs> and I just slide them into my Velcro sandals. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think so. Um, but if you if you think I'm posting too much thigh content on Instagram, which I have been, just know it's only because I haven't been able to go to the restaurants or the gay bars or the sidelines at the marathon where I was going to cheer on my hot husband who's a runner who keeps it tight year round. The, I was mm. gonna I was gonna wear my my short shorts to all of those places, but I couldn't. And yes, in this reality. COVID is responsible for me not finding and marrying my hot marathon running husband, which would have probably happened. Absolutely. It would have happened this summer and it didn't. So thanks a lot, bitch. Next, I couldn't set up my Matt's Hard Lemonade stand. Ugh, a huge wasted business opportunity. I had such high hopes for starting my small business. That's never been done before. Homemade lemonade, but with alcohol in it. Oh, my God. I had the, a proprietary lemonade mix of, of Kool-Aid water and vodka and tequila, actually. Also, I couldn't get into tequila this year. This was supposed to be the year I got very into making margaritas and doing shots of mezcal. And I could have. But, but now what? Now am I supposed to drink a pumpkin spice margarita? If you think I'm going to drink a pumpkin spice marg, you can take your Toyota Zoolander hybrid and drive on down to Target, roll up your little live, laugh, love sign and fuck yourself with it. 
got a bottle of mezcal over here, Matt. You live a 15-minute <laughs> walk away. You just come on over. I do. I've thought about getting into tequila, but now it's. I feel like it's too late. Tequila is like not a winter drink or a fall drink. It is, it is better in the summertime. You're not wrong. But I, I I heard that tequila is like the healthiest drink that you can um of the Ugh, of the alcohols. <laughs> I'm not drinking for the health of it. <laughs> also, this year I couldn't debut my speedo. Could could this wow. have been the year that I went fully balls out and put my junk no. in a banana hammock for the whole world to see? Could could this have been the summer that I wore my version of the Paris Hilton bikini from the Carl's Jr. ad where she fucks a hamburger on top of a car in a suburban driveway? Oh, simpler times. I guess we'll never know. Do you remember that ad? I used to think that Obviously, ad was so hot. burned into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably realized it was because of the burger and not the one. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, not a Speedo, but I have so many tank tops and shirts that I didn't get to wear. Also, like, little summer dresses that, like, like I'm not going to wear that stuff in my apartment. I want to wear it out and about and I didn't get to do any of that. And now I have to like put it in a sad box under the bed. I've worn the same like five shirts for the past six months. Absolutely. It's I could I could easily get rid of almost everything in, in else in my closet and it would be fine. <laughs> Ugh, what else have I given up? Oh, I, I couldn't judgmentally strut down the street with an iced coffee melting in my hands, staring at heterosexual passers-by who take up 95% of the sidewalk with their Reeboks and their champion sweatshirts. Is that a dig at me? It might as well I, be. I don't wear Reeboks. I wear Converse. <laughs> I had to spend the entire summer avoiding sidewalks for this very reason. And, and let's be clear... Because you might be thinking, well, why couldn't you have done your judgment on the sidewalk with your iced coffee? No, I can't pass judgment while I'm wearing a mask. You need to be able to fully see my scowling face. And I, I need to be able to sip the iced coffee after the scowl. It's a delicate ritual that sadly had to be sacrificed because I wear my mask when I go outside. Pour a little coffee out for that moment. I'm not going to waste iced coffee that's a homophobic. <laughs> If I have some old hot coffee, then sure, I'll pour that okay. out. But otherwise, right. you shut your mouth. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm in the wrong. Um, I also didn't get to take my summer vacation to that island in Greece where Mamma Mia happened. Oh, that's all I want. I was going to make a pilgrimage to that holy site and honor Meryl Streep by getting raw dogged by three hot strangers in one afternoon and then wondering which one got me pregnant. But I couldn't. <laughs> The literal dream. Absolute legend. That that woman who inspired that story. Real true <laughs> life story. Her name? Mother Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to hell. Uh, apparently she was mean. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to get into that. Um, next. I couldn't I couldn't sell any of my pies at the state fair. I was going to win the pie baking championship and then I was going to win the pie eating championship. Wow. And then I was going to walk home and go into my family room and slap those ribbons down and say, look at this, dad. <laughs> now, what do you have to say? You said I would amount to nothing. And then I would I would take the twenty dollar prize money and I would go out and I would spend it on sweet potato fries because I need something healthy after eating all that pie. And 
a ticket to that island in Greece. Yeah, because tickets are very cheap right now. Yeah, it works out great. I am planning on spending uh, the fall and winter making pies so that by next summer I am the best. I did, in fact, pre-order a cookbook today that I'm very excited about because the pie place where I got my pie on my birthday, Petey's Pie, they, they're coming out with a pie cookbook. Ooh, uh, what else? I couldn't get drunk at the back of a crowded restaurant and then unbutton my pants under the table to make room for dessert and then forget that I unbuttoned them when I stand up to leave and walk out of the restaurant and have my pants fall down the second I hit the sidewalk while a group of people waiting to get in looks on and sees the whole thing. I couldn't do that. That's a loss, not just for you, but also that group of people waiting outside. Yeah, because guess what? I would have also been wearing my Speedo. So <laughs> that would have been a twofer. And finally, and most importantly, I couldn't get sweaty in a too small karaoke room oh, surrounded no. by 19 other sweaty people and a oh. pile of lukewarm Chinese food just screaming the lyrics of memory from oh. the hit cinematic adaptation of the musical sensation Cats while tiny oh. pieces of shrimp fried rice flew out of my the folds <laughs> of my undertongue area and then afterwards I would drunkenly stumble home by myself in the warm rain my nipples just clinging to the insides of my shirt just chomping down on an Oreo McFlurry in a satchel Not of 50 McNuggets. <laughs> this is all that I wanted from our summer. What like, could uh, have been? Uh, that's everything. My ideal uh, night. Matt, the amount karaoke. of times, the amount of times that I thought, like, oh, now that you and I live near each other and like we're in each other's bubbles, should I get one of those karaoke microphones? <laughs> <laughs> is it even necessary do you need a microphone i mean you do i mean you, yeah obviously you know how audience. i like to hold it i like to hold it up you know like it's not the same without that motion right right well this is for the summer that wasn't but you know what we will have this summer again and for fuck's sake i will recreate summer in the middle of winter if i have to I will put on my Speedo and I'll get sand right up my butt crack and I will live it out in the middle of my, my living room. Just you watch. I would be happy to. And on that note, that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Esther Pavitsky on the pod right after this commercial break. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now, I'm coming back as a judge, and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. 
Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on stage tonight. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. My guest complainer is actor, comedian, podcaster Esther Pavitsky. You know her from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Alone Together, Dollface. And now her debut comedy special, Hot For My Name, is out on Comedy Central. Welcome to the pod. Hi. Oh, I have something in my teeth. Oh, my God. That's so awful. (laughs) Nobody would have known. This is horrible. (laughs) I I regret everything. Thank you for having me. Hi. Welcome to my teeth, my dying teeth. I didn't even see anything, but so you would have been totally fine. That is honestly not to give, you know, it's a podcast. People are people just are going to have to use their imaginations. That is one of my favorite things about leaving my apartment with a mask on is I've come back and been like, oh, my God, there's something all over my face. And the joy of realizing nobody saw it. Well, I have like a breath issue. I feel like a lifelong bad breath problem. And it's not Mm -hmm. it's not a hygiene issue. It's like coming from the call is coming from inside the house breath. It's like something in my stomach is bringing it out. So the mass really mass and the distance are great for me because I always like when people get close to talk to me, I always like inch back because I don't want them to smell my mouth. So I'm like, I'm ready for this socially distanced lifestyle. Yeah, it's really it's it's working for for a lot of us. We like to start by asking what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Drinking alcohol. Okay. <laughs> fair. What? Uh no, I that's a fair answer. <laughs> what about it? The taste, the the effects, all of the above? I've never tried it. And so when I was growing up in high school, everyone was trying it and doing it and into it. And then also when I was in college, everyone was doing it too hardcore. And so I just always felt like left out, like, oh, my God, everyone loves this. Why? Like, why do we all just feel like we have to start doing this? And so I just was like, I'm not going to do it just because everyone else is. So that's why it made me think of it when you said everyone else loves it. Right. That's just what came to mind. But there's probably a lot of other yeah. more like easier options like I don't know, <laughs> creamy coleslaw, I don't know. Actually I like that. <laughs> Damn it. You went to um U of I, University of Illinois, mm-hmm. right? State school, I guess. Because yes. that that does seem like um, I I nearly went there myself. I'm also from the Chicago area. Oh, where? I'm from the southwest suburbs. So n- the not at all glitzy suburbs. The town I'm from is called Elsip. Oh, I don't know. I'm not uh, from a glitzy suburb either. I'm from like a very like sad, embarrassing suburb. I just happen. <laughs> I have glitzy feelings for it, but it's not glitzy. I know the glitzy ones though. But yeah, I, I feel like state school, especially it just has this culture of like, everybody is there. Like you get a bong on the first day. And that is, that is, the experience totally and so not what I wanted like the minute I showed up I was like I am in the wrong place at the wrong time like this is not good and it 
it sucked because everyone around me loved it and was so happy. So then you're like, oh, I'm the problem. Like, this is not the problem. Uh-huh. It's me. And and I made it like two and a half years. And then I was just like, I have to get out of here because this is not it's not working. It's killing me slowly. Honestly, two and a half years. That's like a, that's a solid run. It's a lot. Sorry, my dog. It's a long run. Let me just see what's going on. So, yeah, no, it, it was a longer run than I'd wanted. Like, I tried to quit school the first Friday that I was there. And it was very clear to me, like, no, that's not an option. And so I tried to make it work. But, <laughs> but yeah, couldn't quite. Where, did you have, like, something in mind that you were studying that you thought could have been a possibility? Yeah, you know, I started out as a dance major. And then I switched to theater. And then I switched to journalism. So I just, like, never found found it like I just kept switching and thinking that would fix the problem and um it just didn't I don't know but I you know it's like now I'm 32 years old and like have to deal with like grown-up life and I'm like god I would love to live in a dorm room and like go somewhere downstairs for food like now I'm like okay I could do in a small town like yeah that's all I need yeah, I the best experience to me about college was the dining hall situation. Oh, I know. Because that food was not that bad. It was actually pretty good. Although they sell it way stronger in the like campus tour. I If any like uh, budding college students are listening and you're considering going to any school. Although I don't know if colleges even exist anymore at this point. Everything's gone. But they always sell the dining halls as like there are culinary students who are putting t- together this food and it's like no it's where not. did you go <laughs> i went to northwestern so i was uh, that's why i was like what year you know i 2012 okay so you're two so you're 30 yeah yeah oh my god yeah so i grew up like right I grew up in Skokie, as you probably know, because right. everyone has to know that about me. Um, <laughs> I, I, so I like did everything in Evanston, you know, because it was right there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that's why I have a concept of like uh, because I grew up in the south suburbs and then went to Evanston, so which nice. Evanston I feel like is pretty yeah glitzy, Evanston and that, there are like so these nice. giant houses. There was like a big part of of college that was like greek culture that i was never into uh, either which was just like oh yeah I, you just people assume that you're going to like join a fraternity or sorority and it's like yeah. <laughs> it's too much i don't need this cult in my life i did one night of rushing where you like sit and meet it's like speed dating with the different sororities and i could not believe what was like my soul left my body. I couldn't believe what I was doing. And then the next morning I was supposed to go back and do more. And I had like 15 missed calls from all these sorority people that were like, where are you? Where are you? And I was just like, I'm so out. This is so weird. I remember being like, it costs money. Like you buy friends. Like it just was so yeah. against it. And I feel bad because I know a lot of people, it can be really great and rewarding and an awesome experience, like and fun social stuff. Like, I mean, the thought of living in a house with a bunch of women, like, that sounds so fun to me but I also think that like because I had theater and dance and like all these like arts communities that it just didn't make sense to me to have one that wasn't based on like a common interest but again that's why I say college I was there at the wrong place I was in the wrong place at the wrong time because if you threw me in Mm -hmm. in a house with like 30 random women my age right now I'd be like yeah fuck yeah I'll pay for that like I'm down (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, but your your special is uh, features Skokie a whole lot. I I was reading another interview that you did where uh, you mentioned basically wanting to go back and be the mayor of Skokie. Yeah. Is it the nostalgia of growing up there, or was there something like special about Skokie that? you haven't seen anywhere else uh the nostalgia the fact that it's such a diverse area and there's so many cultures which brings in like some of the best restaurants i've ever tried and like really authentic um diverse food options and i love that Mm -hmm. it has like a nice mall like i just feel like it has like everything that i need culturally which is a nice mall and different food options um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so really the most important. Yeah, and parking spaces and um, drive through Portillo's where you, I can literally do a drive through and get a milkshake made out of chocolate cake. Like, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, an absolute abomination, but it, it I, I can't, I can't think of anything better. Exactly. <laughs> literally an entire slice of chocolate cake that they drop into an already formed milkshake and then blend it up. <laughs> I would. Sn- what, what's better? I would sneak there after ballet class. Like I would take my dad's car and instead of like going out and doing actually bad things, I would sneak away and get a cake shake and then like throw the cup away at a gas station. That's so, so, so dark. <laughs> So sad what I just shared. But yeah, I I just really love Skokie and I want to I want to live there. You know, I'm here. I'm glad I'm here because I've uh you know, I couldn't I don't know that I could do my clothing line the way that I'm doing it if I wasn't here and you know, had access to all the factories in downtown LA. So I think ideally I would like to live in both places. But that's kind of the mm-hmm. lifestyle of like a 25 year old and not necessarily a 32 year old. Like I kind of do need to grow up and settle in somewhere. So I, that's sort of what I'm dealing with this year is figuring out what the next five years of my life should look like. Right. I mean, who? there's no pressure. Thank you. I really appreciate <laughs> you, that. <laughs> You'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the mall in, I guess, in that area is Old Orchard. Um which I guess is sort of infamous. It's it's the mall that is sort of the centerpiece in, in Mean Girls. It's referenced movie. in Mean Girls. They're not actually shooting there. It's very frustrating. They're right. shooting in an indoor mall. Old Orchard Mall is an outdoor mall. It's, in fact, one of the first outdoor malls in the country. Look, that's frustrating for someone like me, but <laughs> I guess I'm just glad. I can tell. I'm glad we got the shout out. I want to get married at Old Orchard Mall, but that's apparently not mm-hmm. happening. Uh, <laughs> per my per the groom's request. Okay, it would be a beautiful venue. I know there are there are a lot of great spots there. I know the fa- I think by the fountain. It's actually not that close to where I grew up. It's probably like a 45 minute drive from where I grew up, Yeah. which I guess in like L.A. terms, that's like, OK, you're going to work. Yeah. Um, but I I when when I was last in Chicago, I needed to buy a, a new mattress for the shitty mattress that my parents put in my old bedroom that I, I stay in. And the only place that had what I was looking for was at Old Orchard. So I literally I, mean, I went mattress shopping in, in Old Orchard. It was great. So many mattress they stores. They got it all. So many mattress stores in Skokie, which is such a bad sign for the Skokie economy. 
There's like 30 mattress stores on one street. It's so weird. Um, in your special, you do recount a particularly harrowing moment that happened at Old Orchard. I don't know how much of it was actually. Um, oh, when true, I shit my but... pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I shit my that, pants. That's the, that's the one. My senior year of high school. I talk about this on stage in my special Hot for My Name on Comedy Central. Um, I I was at Coldstone with my sister and I shit my pants. It was crazy. Nothing. I had never, that had never happened to me before. It's never happened to me since. Um, but I was just a young, hot, sexy teen girl who shit her pants. And then I had to go to Mangiano's and throw my limited two underwear away in the garbage there. I guess, yeah, that was my 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 follow-up was, why why did you choose to throw the underwear away at Mangiano's? That was the nearest bathroom. <laughs> I like how you you escaped Coldstone. You were like, we can't be seen here anymore. Did it happen po- pre-consumption of the ice cream? Yes, in line. And then I went, came back and ate my ice cream with my sister. <laughs> and when we got home, is- I was like, so here's what happened. I like told my, I remember proudly telling my parents. And then the next day at school, proudly telling everyone at school. Because I don't want to hide in shame over something embarrassing. I'd rather just tell everybody. You know, it's like kind of a mm-hmm. defense mechanism. So people can't like make fun of you. You, t- you make fun of yourself first, which I think leans itself you know, lends itself well to why I'm a comedian, but uh-huh. but yeah, I was very proud of that. So I'm really glad I got to to say the story on national TV. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I would I would say that I f- I feel pretty confident that nobody would have known that story had you not shared. <laughs> fair, that's a fair <laughs> point. But you know what? I'm I'm glad that you did, and I feel like uh, yeah. I, I, I hope whoever goes to that Magianos knows r- what happened there. <laughs> the history. Um, let's see. Why don't you, we sort of referenced the special, but tell us uh, a little bit more about the, the stand-up special. Yeah, so I've been doing stand-up for about 10 years and 11 years. And so this is like my first special. This has got all the years of that work put into it. Uh, all the work of those years, however you want to say it. Um, sure. And I go back home to Skokie and I shoot, we shot a lot of like documentary footage with my parents in Skokie and in New York. And so we, you know, it just has a little bit of a different feel than a normal stand up special. And mm-hmm. you really get to see like what my parents really think about me, which I think is kind of unique for most families since my parents just absolutely have no respect for me and think I'm a piece of <laughs> shit. So. I'm, I'm glad that you're not quarantined with them right now. I don't know if you would survive it. I, I, I wish I was in some ways and I'm glad I'm not in other ways, but, but yeah, I, I want to live there with them. I just need to build my, I need a shed in their yard so I can like have my mm-hmm. own space. Cause it's a very small house. So I would quarantine there very happily in this like luxury shed that I want to build myself one day, but probably in the house would be rough. There would be, Mm -hmm. there would be, Mm -hmm. there'd be problems. Yeah. They really don't hold back at all. I mean, (laughs) I don't know how much footage that uh, you had to kind of film and and cut together to get um, some of those moments, but um, there's also plenty of them. It didn't feel like you were at a loss for any any cutting parental comments. No, not at all. Yeah, they were they they were themselves, thankfully. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I mean I loved it, but also I feel like uh. Yeah, I think that the balance, which I think you you strike, uh, is always like, how do you sort of toe the line between being like self-deprecating and like, yeah, without people having, without the reaction from people being like, oh, no, <laughs> this is far too sad. I know. Well, that's like the line I feel like I'm always dancing and I... Uh, dancing around because I like to be self-deprecating I like to border sad but still be funny you know so I hope I feel like we did a good job and I'm really proud of how it turned out and I think that people will watch it and just find it funny I think I hope yeah I mean I did um going back so you you have been like the the tie-dye thing is no joke you're like all in on tie-dye and this is a full-blown company now yeah it's like slow and steady figuring it out but yeah I've I was I always have loved tie-dye like every time something is tie-dye I buy it like I just love it so much so I'm really happy to see that it's kind of becoming a part of the culture right now and I'm excited to take it to the next level and like actually I'm gonna be designing everything but it's gonna be made in a factory and like very close in to me in Los Angeles so I'm excited to like up the quality of everything I've been doing because because yeah, I I, I would rather have a tie-dye made by a professional than made by a comedian, but at least it's designed by me <laughs> and it'll have like the yeah, it's going to be I'm excited about it. So it's not like bathtub um or like backyard kiddie pool tie-dye. I mean it it uh, has been, but it will change to downtown LA factory tie-dye. Right, right. Which is, that's, you're just scaling up, you know? Gotta do it. (laughs) Gotta spend all your money and lose it all. And why not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I love that it seems like it was a kind of a quarantine hobby that has turned into like a legitimate, um, like this is a thing, like a full-blown business. Okay, so you know how people... Or like, I can't just have one bite of the cake or I'll eat the whole thing. Okay, well, that's me with every single thing in my life. Like, (laughs) I, that's why I can't even like, when I was single, like, I could never just kiss or date a guy or like hook up with a guy. I was like, no, no, no. It's either we're friends or we're on our path to marriage. Like, I Uh can't just have like a hobby of tie dye. I have to try it once and then make it a professional business. So I'm just, it's, I'm all or nothing. It's absolutely unhealthy. It's unwell. I take everything and make it unhealthy. And that's just, that's where I'm at. I feel very seen by by what you're saying because I feel the exact same way about everything, which I feel like it's it's maybe difficult. I don't know how you feel about, like, you do comedy sort of full-time, then you kind of have a hobby that turns into this this thing that you will also want to be doing. And obviously now it's like doing comedy is a little bit harder, doing stand-up, but you can't really go out and perform live. So it's it's filling the time. But also it's like, I've definitely done stuff in the past five months where I'm like, is this what I do now? <laughs> this is my my career now. Yeah. Well, stand-up has always been a career that literally like requires an hour of your night. So I've always kind of been having these other moments in the day where I need stuff to do. And obviously, you know, I've been lucky that I was able to work in TV the last like 
four-ish years or whatever. But even those things, it's like, it's in seasons, you know, you're not, it's, I'm not, I don't have the kind of career where I'm busy year round. So Mm -hmm. it is, I'm really like excited to now have something that's really fun for me to work on in my comedy downtime. Um, So that's kind of what I'm doing because that was my big struggle mental health wise was like a show would wrap or a tour would wrap or I shot my special and then it's like now what and I have no guidance no strategy no skills no schedule no routine and so I feel like I'm really focusing right now on building up how to handle downtime because I'm not a vacationer like I did not grow up with money like I don't know how to go skiing or like go like spend thousands of dollars to just go lay by a pool like that's not in my culture so for me like and I I I tweeted this once years ago and I feel like it really resonated with people I was like I don't know what you do in your downtime if you don't need anything from Target or Whole Foods (laughs) like what I don't know what else you do I so it's really it's like a huge deal for me to be tackling that finally and like be creative with tie-dye and and like you know the other little side things I'm working on so I'm really I'm I'm like pumped for this part of my life yeah we want to move into we have a little um segment called elaborate where I have you elaborate on some of your tweets that you've expressed your hatred of stuff great I will say a lot of people will sometimes have a hard time finding um any hate tweets and you have quite a few (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is great great for this podcast <laughs> one one thing that you have expressed your dislike for on multiple occasions is a, a hatred of showering dating as far back as 2009 you said is it nasty that i hate showering and i don't know if that's a joke or if you genuinely dislike shower i don't shower i take baths exclusively exclusively i have not showered I have probably taken two showers this year. I don't shower. I have a bathtub where, and I, I actually did recently install like a shower head in the tub so I can sit under it. But yeah, I've always been like this high school, college. Yeah, I exclusively take baths. I, I've taken a bath in like a student housing building in Scotland. Like I... <laughs> Don't care where I'll take a bath at the worst holiday inn you've ever seen. I will get on the, in that tub and sit my ass on there. Like, I don't care. That is a bravery that I've, I've never witnessed before. <laughs> the fact that I mean, if I if I were staying at there are some hotels I've been in where I'm like, I would rather just be a, an actual like festering pile of garbage than <laughs> than sit in this tub. <laughs> <laughs> but you went for it. What is it about showering? You just don't like the, you prefer the bath experience? I hate cleaning. I hate, I just, I'm like, I'm not going to stand if I can sit. Like, I just want to, I don't, I don't know. It's so many things that I get worked up even thinking about it that I can't even explain or articulate. I just don't, I love a bath. I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I mean, you know, whatever, whatever makes you happy. Um, uh, let's see another one. This one, I, I also just, I think it's funny because it is about your dad, who you quote as saying, "I hate everything but Katy Perry," and I feel like this week Katy Perry gave birth. Like he's probably thriving. I said that, or he said that. You, you said that he said it. If that makes sense. When was that? You're quoting was him. that like uh, like 
2010. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> we went far back. Yeah. Has he come around on Katy Perry? I don't remember that, but I remember that time and it was when Teenage Dream came out and it was the mm-hmm. best album that had come out in a really long time and I was playing it all like I I remember I think my parents actually maybe even bought it for me and we were playing it on the CD in the car a lot. I don't think he still likes Katy Perry, if I'm being honest. I don't think he's thought about her since that quote. (laughs) But I do remember that album coming out, and it was monumental. We all have the journey that we we go on. We do. Um, Okay, last one. Uh, This one, I'm just curious if this is actually um, inspired by a true moment, which was you said, I hate it when I'm on a date and the man I'm with says, you don't have to eat the whole McFlurry. Oh, my God. This one is about my fiance. He always does this. He's always like, you don't have to finish it. You don't have to eat it all. Slow down. Slow down. It's not a race. Which he does that because he's trying to help me. He doesn't want to hear me complain that my stomach hurts and get mad at him. But he does, which I like that he does it, but sometimes I get so... We've had the biggest fight of our, like, a thousand years together was one morning I woke up and he had thrown away my leftover cinnamon roll icing. And I, I am so embarrassed the way I behaved but it ended with him digging out our our outside garbage can it was so (laughs) crazy the way I get around icing is monstrous so I do I just he's been through a lot I mean the fact that um you you apparently forgave him and are still together is inspiring (laughs) (laughs) because I would have been like that's it (laughs) so good for you uh, on that note, where can people find you and your work? Yeah, I have a solo podcast called Esther Club that's on YouTube and then everywhere else where podcasts happen. New episodes every Tuesday. And my stand-up special, as no, that's called Hot For My Name. And that is uh, for free on cc.com for people to watch. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This and was so much fun. Yeah. Happy quarantine. You too. Tie-dyeing and all of the above. Thank you, you guys. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier, starting with do better, white people, where we highlight something good we can do to help fight racism and white supremacy. This week, we're talking about a campaign for Vote Forward called The Big Send. Barry, what's it about? Well, shout out to Melissa, our other producer, for bringing this up. Um, I'm super excited about it. I bought my stamps for it. Basically, campaigning for the election is a lot different this year because of COVID. People aren't like going on doors and knocking and trying to like talk to people face to face about what candidate they want to vote for. And so there's this campaign called The Big Send that's a great alternative. It's a coalition of a bunch of organizations working together to get 10 million handwritten personal letters to encourage people to vote. It's a great way to get involved. You get to support the USPS by using up all those stamps that you bought to help save them. I personally just got the great outdoors ones and they're very cute. And I'm excited to put them on all these letters and send them out to people to be like, please vote. 
Also, they have a bunch of templates, so it's not like a daunting thing where you're coming up with it from scratch. And they give you an in-state address, so it's not like you're just giving out your address to a bunch of strangers. And you can sign up using the link in our show notes. So I'm super pumped about this campaign, and I hope you get involved, too. Yeah. It's like knocking on doors without actually having to talk to anybody. Love it. (laughs) Uh, What TV have you been watching this week? Well, I finally finished I May Destroy You, and it did, in fact, absolutely (laughs) destroy me. So um, (laughs) I am so glad to have watched that show. I hadn't really seen anything like it before, um, and I'm really glad that I got to see it. What about you? What are you watching this week? The show that I'm watching, I... As of this recording, have not seen it, but I know I will have seen all of it by the time people are hearing this because season two of Pen15 comes out. Yes! <laughs> and I'm so excited that I absolutely oh. know I'm going to love it so much. And I'm, I'm just getting out ahead of it and saying I've, that I've, I've watched all of it because I will. It comes out. Um, it's, it'll be out by the time people Friday. are hearing this. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, What is your non-TV chaser? This is shocking to everyone, to mostly to myself. Oh, no. My chaser this week is a sport (gasps) that I am enjoying playing. And that sport is tennis. Oh. Yeah. So Alex's family are all very good tennis players. Like his parents play tennis all the time. And last summer, his mom gave me some pointers. Like I have never taken tennis before. I have never played in my life. But she showed me those pointers. And then throughout the year, I've been just like hitting a ball against the wall at like several of the handball courts in New York. And I've been really enjoying it. And then we were in New Hampshire visiting his parents and... I played a game of doubles with them. I played two games. And like at the end, I still wanted to play more. I have never in my life wanted to continue sporting ever. It's I've never even wanted to start playing a sport. So this was disgusting. I know, but I'm loving it. It's been really fun. I might even take up lessons. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Did you? I don't wear, even own a tennis skirt yet. Yeah, I was gonna say. Did you? Do you wear one of those like sports skirts? No, skirts, I absolutely they call need. Them? I need to get fully in character for it. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, that a visor. All of mm-hmm. that. Oh my god. So yeah. Also, I don't know if other people in New York. I don't know if you know this. PSA. It used to be that you had to have a permit. You had to like pay for a permit to play on the New York tennis courts. But because of COVID, they suspended that. So you don't need a permit to play tennis right now. I went to the Fort Greene Park tennis courts and was able to actually play. And it was super fun. So, um, yeah, that's my chaser. What about you? What's your chaser? Mine is, I mean, yes, it's fall. And normally, like I said, I would be excited about fall and fall flavors and all of that stuff. And I'm so I'm trying to get into the fall mood and actually get excited about my impending seasonal affective disorder <laughs> meltdown. Um, and I feel like this year, my challenge is to try to venture beyond pumpkin as a flavor. There are so many other fall flavors that are amazing. So <laughs> chai, chai flavored stuff I'm I'm leaning into. That was really like the my, my chaser is mm. leaning into chai. Chai lattes. I made these love, chai love cookies. Cloves. There's Ooh. never I all I also think chai flavors in baked goods, I always want to be good and they never really are. So I'm on the hunt for like a good 
a good dessert mm. that has chai flavors. Okay. There's just okay. something, I don't know. I also don't know how much I like cardamom or if I just haven't figured out how to use it correctly. Anyway, chai, like apple cider, maple, all of those flavors are less basic than pumpkin. And uh, I am about to ingest all of them. So that is my chaser. Fall flavors that aren't pumpkin. <laughs> because fuck pumpkin. <laughs> and that's it. That is it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and then rate us and review us. But only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansel Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai, and you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can also leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline with your own rant that we may feature on a future episode at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Come little children, I'll take you away. Honestly, that movie is my sexuality. <laughs> I don't know why that they made her so hot. What else? What else?